Hello and welcome to the Super 6 Podcast. It's your boy, Adi Barak in Fenwa and LW. What's going on, Laura? You good? I'm very good, Bo. Happy to be back with you. Good podcast coming up today. Here's what's going on. We've got another special guest this week, but it is a very, very special guest. It's time that we welcome a Premier League striker onto the podcast. Jeez. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Okay. You, you get that in a little bit. And as usual, we've got the Super 6 fixtures for round six. This is the last opportunity you guys have got to win one million pounds. So make sure you get involved. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do at Super 6. You can also use the hashtag Super 6 Podcast and send in any questions you like. Let's get into it. All right, yo, LW, talk to me. How's your week been? What you been up to? Uh, it's been quiet. Yeah? Yeah. A little trip up to Liverpool, interviewed someone, that was it, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, go on, because I see something on your gram, I see something on your Instagram, and I didn't want to say nothing, but I want to say something. Who did you interview? Jürgen Klopp. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Before I go, did you tell Klopp, your partner in crime, Matty Bow, said to say, what's going on, hope he's good, hope Liverpool's... Did you say hello from me? Uh, do you know what? We ran out of time. Oh, my LW. Real talk. That's my guy, guy. That, that, you know, how can you not say, listen, I'm with B every week. I, I know he loves you out here. Puts you, and we spoke about him many times. You didn't want to say, ah, oh, Klopp, let me just say hello for my partner in crime, B Smode himself. You didn't even think of me like that. Do you know what? I'll be honest. I couldn't, I wasn't thinking about anything else. Wow. I was looking at his glorious teeth. And I was just... Your teeth are nice, though. I was honest. I was so... I was so... And I'm not normally like this, but I was so bowled over and starstruck by him that I could barely hold the conversation together myself. Right, talk to me. So how so, is he? Like, I haven't met him. How is he? You already know how I think about him. How is he? How is he? He's, he just, he's just amazing, isn't he? Like, it's, it was probably a really good time to catch him, actually, because obviously, and I don't mean on the back of a 7-2 loss, I mean, it was international break and it was really quiet. Melwood, there was probably only about three players there, actually. It was super, super quiet and um, he was so relaxed and really cool. Like, just, I mean, I would mention you to him, but I figured that you had him on your phone, you got his number, I do, listen, messages look, anyway, so. I, look I, I do have his direct line and we got him on WhatsApp, but I keep telling people I don't want to be that bugaboo. And I think once I open up that dialect, sometimes I'll just be driving home. <laughs> I don't want to just be in my car and then just send him a voice note. I'm a voice note sender, innit? Yeah. So I don't want to be like, yo, clock was going on. How was training? Say, you good? All right, say nothing. Hit me up. Yeah. I don't want to start doing stuff like that. So that's why I'm really fighting myself to not just hit him up like that. So that's the reason why. But... I expected my girl, Lord W, LW, sorry, to just say, hey, Klopp, Beast Mode said hello. I'm really sorry. Next time, and there will be a next time. Of course there will. I'll do it. All right, I'm holding you to that, promise. Like an air handshake? All right, cool, Bluetooth love. All right, what about you? Anyway, he was great. Um, Honestly, I, I enjoyed it so much. I asked him loads of funny questions as well, you know, like... For example, we did this thing called Liverpool SOS and it was, you know, in your team, you can only pick your players person you would pick if you were moving house for example James Vernon okay. was the answer person that you would happily be stuck in a lift with for 10 hours Bobby Firmino it was just like they were, it was just great he was so open and um, and funny he laughed we laughed a lot listen to me we laughed oh no look at oh, you so smitten. the worst thing is part of me I'm, I'm kind of I'm hating a little bit yeah, no, uh, you see oh, we laughed I'm looking at you like Oh, I don't hate on many people, but I'm hating on you, LW. I ain't so gonna lie. So sorry. And then when we left, I did this thing, right, where I was like, um, to the producers, I said, like, before he goes, stop him and say, can we have a photo for social media? So it's, then it's not me going, 
Ah, Jürgen, can I just have a photo of Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so literally, they, they were so good as well. The producers, Jamie, the producer, was like, before you go, Jürgen, can I, can I just get a photo of you both, please? Anyway, he got like three different positions or something like that. It was like social distance, of course. And I was going, thanks for this, Jürgen, you know, thanks. They just need it for the website. <laughs> secretly, I'm like, send me those immediately. Uh, WhatsApp those immediately, I please. I saw it. I was hating on you. I saw it. Oh, he was great. By what have you been up to? Ah, oh, mad thing. You know what? I'm going to, this is going to be... Nobody else has heard this, but I'm my inner circle. Like, so yesterday, Triple H got at me. What, yeah. as in the wrestler, as WWE in the wrestler, Triple H? The, 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 the Triple H. He got at me, followed me on Twitter, sent me a DM and said, hey, listen, big man, I saw the story about the WWE stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, look, when WWE get back, definitely we need to have a conversation. Um, and I was like, so I sent him a message back. I, was sure. I sent him a message back and I was like, listen, I don't get gassed about many people that interact, but you're Triple H. Like me and my son was watching you in one fight. We went to a live... At um, the O2? At the O2. Yeah. Went to that. Um, and I was like, listen, I don't get gassed out here, but you're Triple H. Um, so then he sent me a message back and said, listen, I hope you and the family's blessed um, and we'll chat soon. I goes, ah, cool. And it was just, it made me laugh because I said it to like my inner circle and they're like, you're, you're going on like it's just the norm. That Triple H has just sent you a message. And I was like, yeah, it's the norm. But it was mad. And it's the, that's the, the stories for me where I say the power of social media. The past social media can be so now nah, Triple H me and then we're just vibing. So it's cool. It is. I just that's it. Like a quiet week. You know what I'm saying? It's just a quiet week. You get me? Okay, hang on a minute. Are you telling me you're gonna be in Raw or SmackDown? You're gonna be in the world of WWE. You're gonna be a superstar. Look, look, all I'm just trying to say is right now I need to get back fit so I can score goals for Wickham. But after that, all I keep saying is watch this space, my people. Watch this space. Buy off the top rope. Oh, I think I've even got the B slam as my finishing mood. Oh my god! I just think I got the B slam for this man. What? 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 What do you say? What do you say? The B slam. That's what I think. I'm just gonna shut it down. <laughs> you know, you know, do a little, do a little dance before I do the B slam. I just oh, yeah, anyway, doing it already. Just, that's the dance just before I do the B slam and that. You're gonna be so good in that world. Oh my god, I'm gonna be a number one fan. This oh, is amazing. Good times, great Look at me, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> Listen, England and internationals as well going on. There's a lot of conversation about it, but good conversation, I think. You know, we're not having these conversations about England saying, oh, they're rubbish and we haven't got this and we haven't got that and we're missing this player. We're bigging players up and we're saying, why isn't this person pushing into the team? And why is it? Yeah. It's like there's options for Gareth Southgate. The question keeps coming up at the moment, Grealish or Mount. Firstly, is that a fair question? And secondly, do you have an answer? No, I don't think they. I don't think that they should be directly in competition. Mm. Just them two. I, I honestly think they bring different qualities. So I don't think it should just be like, oh, if we bring Grealish or if we bring Mount. I, I honestly, Mount played against Belgium. Um, thought he was good. You know, um, got the goal, got the winning goal. And of course, Grealish played the the, the, the couple of days before. Yeah, yeah, um, got the got, assist. Yeah, got the assist. Got man of the match. So I don't think they should. And I think that's where. Sometimes we go wrong and think we built up the whole Gerard Lampard or Gerard Scholes and just tried to fit them in, in a sense. So it was like they was against each other. Mm. And I don't think we should start doing that. We shouldn't make it like a direct competition in the sense of out of them two. I think it's nice to have healthy competition and to, to keep pushing one another. But I just think they bring different elements. So depending on the game is which individuals to play. And listen, I've said, I think they're both talented individuals. I think Grealish adds that something different 
when he plays. You know, he's very comfortable on the ball, likes to drive, likes to dribble, likes to assist. Um, and of course, it's funny because Mount does similar, but they're just different. So I don't think we should get bogged down in either or of them. I just think depending on the game um, and I guess form, either one of them can play. What about Marcus Rashford? So he had a great week, got an MBE for all of his services that he's been doing, the school meals for children. I just think that... He's so inspirational and it sounds almost cliched that we keep saying it, but he really is. And he's so young to be doing this kind of thing. It was one of those stories that I saw in the news and I was like, this again is a really nice feel good story. Yeah, man. Like I respect that guy on so many levels and that's, he is a, the worst thing I don't want to patronise him and say he's a, he's a, he's a pop or he's a kid, but he's a youngster. And the way he's manoeuvring through life um, with the pressures of being at Man United, being an England international, being in a in a time where people always want to try and pick your thoughts, and he is just he's manoeuvring it beautifully. So, now nah, salute to him. Listen, keep striving, keep shining, Marcus Rashford, because you're doing bits. Um, listen, we're proud of you. If you were to get an MBE, what would your MBE be for? Uh, <laughs> patience from working with you, I think. Yeah, come on now, I'm a good guy. <laughs> Yours would be services to muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have said something a bit more cliche like uh, MBE for positive energy or something yeah. like that. You know, that's I'll what I... will give you that, that. That's what I would have tried to, you know, I'd say it's, it's positivity. i give you that, actually. That's a really nice MBE. <laughs> All right, that's going to be my next campaign. Right, cool. Positivity MBE for, uh, for Biowack and Fenwell on its way. Predict six correct scores on Super 6 this week for a chance to win £250,000. Download the app and play by 3pm on Saturday. Head to skysports.com forward slash Super 6 for more details. Now it's time to get rather excited because we have a guest, not just on the podcast, but actually here in the room with us. Yes. One of the few Premier League strikers to begin his career at non-league level and the original beast. What? <laughs> What? He paid you. Whoa, 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 whoa. He paid you. He paid you to say that. But that's okay. Hello. Hello. What's going on, Broski? I am good, man. Thanks for having me. By the way, I do like to be the first to do loads of things. You know, I break records. Okay. But, like, you know, thanks for having me. It's funny, like, I I know you. I've known you for a while, innit? And it's funny that I'm finding out stuff that I actually didn't know. And it's good. It's intriguing. So that's good, man. Let's, Let's dive straight into it. And let's start asking you some questions. I find it incredible, actually. This is what me and Bio were talking about before, that we don't think we hear about this enough, about where you started. So Tooting and Mitchum United, those were the early days. Like, we'll get onto West Ham in a second. We'll get onto everything that you're doing. You're banging in the goals at the moment. It's amazing. It must be brilliant to be you at the moment. But let's just take it right back to the beginning. Tell us what it was like. It was difficult, to be fair. Obviously, um, I grew up in the house. Did we have much money or anything like that? And... I kept pushing the football. I always wanted to be a footballer, so I kept pushing it. And it was getting to certain ages where I was 16, 17, where my dad kept going to me, stop playing football and go get a real job. Like That's how get, it was going on, yeah? Get some money into the house. Like, you can't be living in this house and keep asking me for money. Stop eating all of our food yeah. and go get an income, right? He does like to eat, I yeah. know that. <laughs> so... I'd, I was getting the pressure from my dad to go out there and get an actual job and stuff like that. Um, but I kept saying, no, I'm going to be a footballer. I'm going to do it, blah, blah, blah. I was playing from 12 to 17 for Tootin and Mitchum. That was still juniors. Even though it was a youth team, the youth team manager didn't come and scout us. You kind of had to go there and trial. Even though, you, like most clubs, you naturally go in there. So I, I found out when the trial was, gone to the youth team, managed to get in. 
in the youth team now doing well, managed to get into the reserve team quite quickly. I kind of knew the guy. I knew the manager. His son went to school with me, so it was like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I know, got the nice you kind of bribed your way in. Yeah, kind of slide into the I'm not the dude your ability at the time. Just bribed your way in. I'm just bribe saying that. Right. You know me, bro. Hustle hard. Come on, GG. It's like media. It's like media. And then, um, so in the reserve team, doing well in the reserve team, the manager's gone to the first team manager. We have a player here, like quality. He's good enough to be in the first team. Manager's like, we're having nothing, none of it. How old was you at this time? 17. Okay. He's like, not having none of it. He's like, nope, we don't need those kids here. It's not going to be strong enough and he's not going to be able to handle it. So end of that year, I've gone, you know what? I'm just going to go trial. Instead of waiting for my time, yeah. I heard there was open trials. I've gone, I've trialled, managed to get in. I've gone in, played two games. Clubs offered me a contract. I didn't want to sign a contract because I was like, you know what? Don't really want to sign a contract for non-league clubs. So if, just in case Premier League, just in case a, a professional club comes yeah, yeah. in, I don't want to be tied down. I want to be able to just go. To the mission, kicked me out of the club. Wow. Said, can't be observed, can't do nothing, need to leave unless you sign this contract. <sighs> I've left and gone AFC Wimbledon now. But AFC Wimbledon, I want in the first team, I've gone to the reserves. I've gone, you know what? I'll work my way into the first team yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. no problem. So I said, all right, I'm going to stay, work my way from the reserves into the first team as long as I've signed a contract. They said, no problem. But then they said, I have to pay £7 for my registration fee. I went, I'm not paying £7 for my <laughs> registration fee. You know, I'm going back. I've gone back. I've signed my contract. Like, it was it was money end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. I was bringing some money back into the house. So signed my contract. Within six games of me signing my contract, I signed for Reading. So, you know, your pops was saying, look, go and get a job. You know, the first team manager at Mitcham was saying you'll be young enough. And it seemed like from early on, you was very, you had, you had a self-belief. You know, you was like, listen, nah, dad, I'm going to play this game. He said to this manager, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and trial because I back myself. How, what gave you that self-belief at such an early age? That's one thing is I've always had... I've always had that self-belief. I've always had that thing where I go, you know what, there's always going to be the opinions and certain pe people's opinions, it's their opinion, isn't it? Yeah. But the best opinion is yours and yeah, what yeah. you think of yourself. Yeah. Um, things might not work out for you, but as long as you've given your all and you've done everything you could possibly do to achieve that, then that's what it is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. well, I want to ask you about Spurs and if it's true that you were offered a, a trial at Spurs, but it was it was too far to travel to. Yeah, so... I was 14 at the time and we played a game, like um, a school game. And our school teacher was like, um, he, he was like a coach at Spurs as well, but he's not not our age group. Mm. So he told the Spurs um, team that we've got some quality players down there. So they come and watch one of our games. That game, we I think we won like 4-0. And me and one of my other friends called Tyron Bunting both got scouted. And I've gone home buzzing, going, Mum, I've got a trout professional football club, it's a big club, let me... Can I go? She went, no. I thought it was banter. <laughs> like, I thought it was banter. I thinking, yeah, she's joking. Like, she knows this is my dream. She can never, she never can tell me no. She's like, she's like, where's Tottenham? It's like North London. So, like, so, what? Well, what days do they train? The weekends? No, they train every like every day. I think it's three to three to four days a week. So you're gonna be traveling from here to Tottenham, and then back home, and then go to school. What time do you think you're gonna get back? 
It's like probably 11, 12 o'clock. Actually, I had no chance. Education. Jeez. Education. Jeez. Do you know what's funny about this, though, is that, that when you interview footballers today, right, that a lot of their stories are how supportive their parents are. Oh, and it's yes. like, you know, they, they picked me up, they drove me everywhere, all that sort of stuff. But it's so refreshing to hear the other side of it because it's not like your parents did anything wrong in that case. Like, your dad might have just been being realistic. Like, how often is it that, that somebody actually becomes a Premier League footballer? And your mum genuinely, like she can't like that's a lot that's a massive commitment to get you across London yeah. four times a week when you needed to and do school have you got siblings yeah how many siblings <coughs> have you got I've got four sisters and three brothers oh my life oh, so, so yeah, yeah so she's a busy woman right so it's actually to hear it from that. the other side it's like what we were saying about the amount of belief that you have to have because actually you you physically can't have the support of the parents like that yeah like to be fair like <clears throat> I had support from like other people like I didn't start playing for a football team till I was 12. Where, like, other people were playing for football teams from, like, young. Yeah, yeah. And for me to get into that football team, my manager had to come to my house and tell my mum that he was going to bring me to football and then bring me back to his house and feed me and everything like that to guarantee I was look okay and everything because Sunday because it was Sunday football yeah yeah Sunday's church church yeah it was because I was just yes. about to say this Sunday just is about to say Sunday's this. church like my mum's like you want me to let him not not to go church yeah 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 and I'm not taking him so he's like you, he had to he had to come to my house himself and speak to my mum and go, I'm going to look after him. I'm going to bring him every morning to football. I'll bring him back. I'll feed him dinner. And then he'll be back when you're back from church. That's amazing. Yeah, so I, mean, I love it. I love the story because similar, my parents had to work in it. So yeah. my same thing. It was, they didn't have the time to drive me. In. And I understood that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was the same. I had a, a young manager named Steve did the exactly same thing. And that's why I'm smiling because he came to my mum's house and he had to assure her that, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick up your son and bring... And I used to love it because we used to go to like the pub after training. That's, yeah. That was when I used to get a Coke and a crap. Yes, yeah. That was my time there. I was like, oh yeah, I'm in heaven because my parents used to give me stuff like that. So I totally get that. Do you know what my thing was? God. Growing up, all we had was Caribbean food. So it was this type of curry goat or oxtail. Or, it was all just Caribbean food every day in my house. So every Sunday, I was having a lasagna, <laughs> a spag bowl, a roast. You know, it was just yeah, something yeah, different. Like, You're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Sunday. It's the little <laughs> things. It's the little things. All right, cool. So I'm going to ask you, how was the jump from... You said you played six games at Tooting and Mitchin. You was there from 12 to 17. Then the, then, then the jump from when you went to Reading. So, of course, non-league pitches, you know what I'm saying? The facilities are not always the best. You jumped to Reading at that time was would have been, what, a premiership club? Yeah. So No, it was, they were championship, but they were always fighting. They was always fighting, so yeah. big club. So what was the, the jump like from when you went in there? The first day, what was your first day when you walked into Reading? Like, what was that feeling? I think they eased me in because the first three days when I was trialling, yeah, they didn't really do like the boxes and the keep ball sessions. It, okay. it was more like, we did the boxes, but it was more like, I think it was just doing like round robins and stuff like that. Okay. The games that I could play. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just playing football. Yeah. It's when I signed and then they started working on, they were doing keep ball sessions. And like, Patterns of play and yeah. these things are alien to me. Yeah, yeah. Not even like not once have I done anything like this. 
Um, so I'll get the ball and there's no goal to run that. The whole point of the game is to keep the ball. <laughs> do you know the worst thing is like non-footballers do not understand as a kid when you take away the goal because football's simple you 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 play and you go and score a goal that's yeah. what it, literally that's it is take away the goals you're like well what am I here for am I? <laughs> you know you, literally it's and we're talking about we're older now so of yeah. course we understand but when you're young, you're like, well, hold on, you just want me to keep going around in circles to keep the ball. Like, what's the end goal? And it's such a, and this is what is funny because I relate. It is so big. When you're saying it, people be like, well, it is massive as like, a kid to take away the end goal. Does it, it suddenly feel like you're playing a different game? You're training for a different game? It's completely different, especially as a winger. A winger who's completely raw, never had no no technique work, nothing. I, everything, for me to get there, it was my pure pace, power, get the ball, knock it down the line, get a ball in the box, and I could get a goal every now and then. So that's how I became pro. Now you're telling me that I can't knock the ball down the line. <laughs> now you're telling me I have two touches. Yeah. And then I've got to find my teammates in a small box with 20 people in. So literally, I'm getting on the ball. I was that guy that no one wanted on their team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting on the ball, yeah, and I'm taking my first touch. I've got two touches. I'm taking my first touch, and then I'm looking. Where am I going to pass it? Who's yeah, my teammate? Yeah. By the time I've looked, someone's nicked it. <laughs> so I've got it again. Taking my first touch, looking. Who am I going to give to? Someone's nicked it. The next time, I was like, I'm not losing it. Yeah. I've taken my touch and I've stood with my arms out and like no one's getting this ball <laughs> until I've found my man yeah. and I've passed it off. But literally, I've turned to keep ball into a fight session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at what point, like, was, was this... So that transfer, 25 grand at the time, which actually, like, was a big deal at the time, right? Especially for you. Like, did your family, like, at, at what point was it, like, that your family kind of went... Oh, okay. So, yeah. so when they say he's good, they mean he's good. Not until I got to the Prem. My family don't no, understand football. Really? Swear down. My family don't really know football. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, even when I was like Sheffield Wednesday and I was always trying the stuff there, they're like, oh, Mike, yeah, Michael plays football. Oh, then my <laughs> Yeah, he plays football. And then once I got in the Prem and then I got my England call up and you start seeing me more on TV in the sky do, and doing more things like that, that's when they start realising that, yeah, actually. But all right, let me flip that question. So when did your family realise your lifestyle had changed? Like, when did they realise, like, you know it was like, yeah, I got, I got money now. <laughs> <laughs> I got, came home at Christmas that's with all what, the presents. I got money now. When did they realise that? They realised that, to be fair, I'm not going to lie, with my family, you kind of can't let them know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just your family, <laughs> but that, jeez. You can't really let them know that you have money. So I always kind of like, even to this day, I'm still like, oh, yeah. Yeah. they were like, we know you're rich. Yeah, I'm like, trust me, I ain't rich, you know. <laughs> like, basically, it struggles, you know. Like, I, I got paid for this house. Yeah, yeah. And then I, got, I got my four kids. They were in private school, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm living within my means. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. my means is a bit tight. Yeah, So yeah, I can yeah, help yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. I can't help you too I much. I can't help you too much, too much. But then every now and then they'll call me for a load of money. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. And I'll, they'll be like, but you got no money, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> So I yeah, get yeah. caught out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 
Forrest has just got a new manager, Chris Hewitt and that, uh, my guy. Salute to him. Mm. Not when he plays Wickham and that, but um, salute to him. So how was your time at Forrest? How did you enjoy your time there? I loved every minute of it. Yeah? Like, Forrest is such an unbelievable club, to be fair. It's a massive club. I think it's too big for the championship. Um, I feel like it should be back in the Premier League. They've always been so close to getting there. And it's just, just not just that final bit they keep um, messing up on, even including when we were there. Like, we started the season um, when I was there, 13 straight wins. And then we lost Chrissy Curran and Andy Reid in one game. Couldn't win a game for 19 games. Oh, wow. But it was, like, an unbelievable year. And I would have stayed if Premier League didn't come calling. But when the Premier League call, you have to run. What about your time at Sheffield Wednesday? So you made uh, your debut in the Sheffield Derby. What was it like? It was unbe- like one like one of the best games I've ever played in. Like the atmosphere in that derby, it's unbelievable. We played at home that game. My very first game for the club as well started. Thirty nine thousand people there. Still derby. It was carnage. I can imagine carnage. We won. Managed to win one nil. I think yeah, we in League One at the time as well. And when we went from that game, we were. Sheffield United and Sheffield Wednesday were both battling for promotion for the automatic spots. And we were, before that game, we were four points behind them. So we went one point behind them. And the whole way through, we had, I think it was 15 games to go. Um, the whole way through, we were just battling, 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 battling. And we actually peak them at the end to get automatic promotion as well. to make it even better. That was the unbeaten in the final 14 games, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Like when you're in a run like that and you're just like in your groove, what do you just feel like no one's going to beat us today? No one's yeah, going to beat us. That's every exactly week. what it felt like. Like literally, it was from when I, I signed there, we just literally went unbeaten. Um, and it was unbelievable. But the one of the best games though was we played Carlisle and it was 1 1. Had to win the game to go above, I think it was the last two, three games. Um, had to win the game to go above Sheffield United and I scored in the 95th minute. I can't even you can't even put that anything on that 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 like, feeling when you did it. It was like the whole place erupted, and it was at home. It was at home. Oh, whole place erupted. It was unbelievable. It's a great finish as well, to be fair. Yeah, I, so out of the three places, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday, and Nottingham Forest, one which did you like the best, and which did you find the most difficult? I found most difficult at Reading. Never really got the opportunity. I was, I was there for five years and I got 33 appearances and that's appearances yeah yeah I say we shall like the best I'm kind of going to have to say I'm going to have to say Forrest obviously Forrest, yeah. just because it got me to where you are now where I am now yeah yeah okay. but like Sheffield Wednesday like I loved every moment of it and when Stuart Gray came to me and he was like to me I'm selling you I went, I don't want to leave though. <laughs> yeah. I like, I don't want to leave. Like I've been there for two and a half years. Like I've got, but the thing is, I got too comfortable. Okay. I got too comfortable. Like, and the, the craziest thing about it, and he said that to me. He's like, "You're too comfortable here. You're better than this. Like, you, I feel like you're good enough to get to the Premier League." And Nottingham Forest are always in and around it. He's like, "And I need to sell you to get players in, but." I'm doing this more for you, for you to push on more than me for the club. And I was like, how can your manager come to you and say to you, you're one of my best players, but I'm selling you. Mm. You're for sale. Yeah, man. Um, you're going to Forest next week. 
And I was like, I went on to a missus and said, I'm being sold. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, my manager told me he's selling me next week. So, and I'll, I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous leaving. Cause you know, being at Reading, I was always out on loan, always out on yeah, loan. Yeah. I finally got to a place where- You called home. I called home. Yeah. If I was fit, I was playing and, but then going to Forest, played a full full season flat, 15 goals, 15 assists. Like it was one unbelievable year. Us lot as non-footballers that haven't experienced what you two experienced, that idea of being nervous, that's like an alien concept for us, for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. The mere mortals, you know, we get nervous about like first day at work or this or that or whatever. But like to understand that a footballer gets nervous about moving or about like any of that kind of element of the job, I think it's like really interesting to hear that that happens. You do because, listen, you want to be, you want to be respected by your peers, and that's just it. You go in there. But, of course, tell me if I'm wrong. I think if I'd went to any club now, I don't think I'd be nervous because I wouldn't be trying to impress the boys anymore. I'd go in there to try and do my best and be comfortable in the sense of saying, rah, you know what? I can't, like, he keeps taking a mick at me knowing that I can't run, but I can't I can't sprint anymore. So I don't go in there trying to say, oh, sh- I'm going to go and race. And so I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit more of a comfortability. But before that, you still want to be respected by your peers. You want to go out there, you don't want to be the one to let the team down or let the level down or let the standard down. You, you could be playing keyboard around and if it just keeps coming off your shit oh, you don't want to be that guy no one wants on your team that's right on their team you don't want to be that so guy you're nervous and the thing is I'm, I've gone from Sheffield Wednesday where we were just staying up every year staying up every year staying up every year to Forest who were in the playoffs every year mm. even though I always believed in myself and I always believed I'd be, I'd be good enough and stuff like that I just didn't want to go there and go okay I'm not good enough mm. but I would never have said that to myself but those things always pop in your head anyway naturally yeah it's like getting big opportunities as well it's the kind of the fear factor of somebody else does believe in you but you'll always have a little bit of doubt in the back of your mind when you're young that can I fulfill those expectations what happens if I don't fulfill them and I suppose as well at West Ham you, you've had a number of players actually a number of signings that have come in big money signings that have, that have struggled as soon as they've arrived they've got that expectation it's really easy for us a lot in the media to talk about it and to criticise and to say, oh, you know, record signing, hasn't scored a goal yet for, for whatever player joins whatever team in the Premier League or, or lower down as well. You're alongside them, so so you are sharing a dressing room with those players and they are humans. How do they react to it? It's very frustrating, to be fair, because I feel for them because the difference between me and them is they've come from Italy, they've come from Germany, they've come from all these other leagues where are very slower mm-hmm. compared to the Premier League. So the tempo, the challenges and everything that goes on, even though like VAR and the referees are kind of cut down on all the big challenges and stuff like that now, but they still come in. Like they're still there and it's different compared to all these other leagues. So they have to adapt to the speed. They have to adapt to the physicality side of everything. And to tell, say someone who's gone from one thing and go, adapt now. Yeah. Or adapt, you have to adapt this season. You can't, like, I know it's the game and everything like that, but I just don't feel it should be done. It should give someone time to build their confidence, build 
What's the word I'm looking for? Durability. Durability, yeah. yeah. Oh, I figured to it was leave. that, but I didn't yeah, want to mess it up you know, when I no. said it. Like, yeah. It's, it's just like about getting used to it and building up that sort of, I know what you're saying, like just getting used to the Premier League if it's a completely different style of football. Yeah. It's not just the speed, is it? There's so many different things. But, but we know, not even just the game society, they want success yesterday. Yeah. So the fans, the, the, the board, the chairman, they want success yesterday. There's too much money in the game for it for you to have to wait. To have to wait. Because you're not waiting ten months. You're waiting twenty months if you're uh, giving you two two seasons. Yeah, yeah. But I've just paid forty five million for you. Would you mean two months? Yeah. I want goals now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Answer this honestly. Did you always believe you would make it to the prem? Yeah. You always believed. Always believed it. Yeah. I was a person where I didn't set aspirations for the prem when I was non-league. Once I got to Reading, my aspirations get to the first team. But then I wasn't playing in the first team at Reading. Um, I always played. Yeah. Like Obviously, I didn't go through academy, so I never really had to be on the bench and like work my way into a team. Yeah, yeah. So I was at Reading and I wasn't even getting in the squad. So I've gone, I want to go out on loan. So I went to Reading and went back on loan to Tuna Mitchum oh, okay. for three months. But one game where obviously I was that player who's been signed pro now. So now everyone sees me as that pro player, even though I went from Tootney Mitchum or did to sign a contract and I'm back at Tootney Mitchum. Back at, yeah, 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 but yeah. everyone now sees me as that pro player. So I was playing games and people were trying to snap me in half. Is it? Like there was the last game I played, Redden's called up and going, no, we're taking him back because we've paid this money for him and he's an asset and we don't want him broken. Oh, wow. When I say that last game I played, I was basically doing the hurdles all the way through the game. Like, I'm knocking the ball down the line and the ball could be 10 yards in front of me and someone's trying to cut my legs. Yeah. And I'm just hopping people. Like, it was crazy. So they call, they called me back and then I played a reserve game for Reading the day, um, on the Tuesday. So I played on Saturday, played the reserve game on the Tuesday. One of the best games of my... I'm saying, to this day, one of the best games of my career. Like, I, I was on fire. In so did... Did you going back playing for Tuna Mitchin and the way they were trying to hack you down, did that kind of, not say it made the reserve team games easier because you know the professional game, everybody's yeah. ability and they pop and play, whereas you was in the, the, the wars. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So did that kind of set you up, set the precedence up, you going forward? 100%. I say me playing non-league and getting to the first team and playing there kind of built what I am. Yeah. To this day, and yeah, I've yeah. not, I've never lost that. Yeah, I'm yeah. still that because I had to be strong. Even though I was one of the youngest on the field, I had to be strong. I was holding all these men off, yeah, yeah. and then I was using my pace. I was using my power to get past these people. And I was like, I can do. Before I came pro, before I was at Reading, I had so much tricks. Like I was a skillful player. Yeah, yeah. But then I went to Reading and realized. Those skills ain't for me. Those skills don't work as much as me just knocking the ball down yeah, the line. Yeah. Here's a question. If you'd have gone in, you think, the different route, so if you hadn't have gone the way that you did non-league, do you think you would still play the way that you do now or would you be a different kind I'd of I'd be a different player. What kind of footballer would you be? I don't want to say it, but say I'm going to say it. Yeah, say yeah? it. When you look at all these wingers right now um, that's come through the academy, they're all kind of the same player. Yeah. Where... They get it, they're all technique, they go inside, they're thingies. But where I am is, I'll be on the ball, you get me on the ball, but half the time I'm not. Half the time I'm setting the ball off and I'm 
going in behind. Or if I'm on the ball, I'm on the ball for maybe 10 seconds because I'm knocking it down the line or yeah, yeah. I'm doing something where I'm not really involved in the game. I'm involved to make something happen at the end. So bottom line is it's end product. Yeah. You are as effective as you can be. Yeah. And I, listen, I salute, of course. I'm the same in the sense where well you got to the Premier and um, I'm just one underneath you now you get me you still got time yeah no I don't <laughs> <laughs> but, but I get you I'm about of old school lower leagues that's what I played and I always say it, just because you've got the ability it don't mean you have to show it constantly it is all about end product it's yeah. all about being as effective as you can so I second that to you because I watch you and I salute you so I yeah like comments. obviously loads of wingers they want to get on the ball they want to play they want to be involved a lot and I'm, I wasn't like that. Obviously, I'm a striker now, and it so I can't talk about now. But when I was, I I didn't really want to get involved. I didn't want to go in the middle and play all the stuff like that. I wanted the ball in behind or the ball to my feet so I can take my man on and make something happen. And it's working at the moment. Where you're playing at the moment, what you're doing at the moment. What is it you think that? I mean, you've got four goals in one game not so long ago. Your, your form at the moment has just been amazing. Perhaps like since lockdown or maybe a little bit before that. Like when. What's happened recently that I means you've almost you've 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 stepped it up a level? So it was more like I came back from my injury, but I started at the beginning of the season quite well. Like um we played the Man City game and I got subbed off at half time. Um but know. that first game I think I played well in those first forty five minutes, but okay. I got subbed off because the gaffer wanted to make a different a change. I'm gonna come back to. I'm yeah. say, I was gonna come back to that. So let's put a pin and, and then continue. I was on the bench against Brighton. I came on. We were losing one nil. I came on. We had to win the game. On the bench against Watford, we were losing one nil. I came on. We won the game three one. Played Newport away. Um, I tear my hamstring within within the first five minutes I was of the game. At that game. Yeah. I remember seeing you there. Yeah. I turned my hamstring with the first five minutes of the game. I was guaranteed to start the next game. Yeah, yeah. But I played um, that game of turned my hamstring with the first five minutes. I was fuming. Mm. Like, fuming. I was in the changing room punching, punching yeah, stuff. Yeah, but... I like, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because I finally... I knew I got my spot. Yeah. Like, I got my shirt. No matter what, I'm going to play. So, out for... I, that's the quickest I've ever got back from my hamstring injury as well. I think it was ten and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah, Complete rupture. I know you feel it's quick players, us man, because we're both quick, so we have like hamstring problems. You get me? So I, I get your feeling. That I'm saying so it's it's quick people problems. <laughs> oh, you're both laughing at me. <laughs> quick people problems. You both like right, say nothing. Let's continue with your story, yeah. then, brother. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. We're just gonna skip past that one. Yeah. <laughs> like quick players do, right? Just skip past it. You know, no ratings. I'm hurt. <laughs> so then um, I get back, come off the bench against Tottenham my score because obviously I got back so quickly I was still getting little niggles and hamstring yeah. and stuff like that but I was always involved and I was doing well but then obviously Covid hit and the gaffer got sacked and then David Boyes come in but where I was playing up front I was playing up front more as a winger than a striker where I would just be in random positions and I want the team to find me yeah, instead yeah. of me being in the positions where I can be found easier yeah so there was one thing that I would I put down to David Boys to be fair, and he's gone to me. The position I want you to be in whenever we have the ball is in line with the ball. So long as you're in line with the ball, you'll be found easier. 
And since he said that to me, it doesn't matter if they're clearing the ball or they're passing the ball to me. 90% of the time I've collected the ball. Yeah. And that's where my hold-up plays come from. And scoring goals, I've always naturally scored goals anyway. So being a striker, I'm, you're giving me more opportunities to score the goals and which what's just happening. That's what I want to ask you. So you're a winger, been a winger your whole career and now you've transitioned into a striker. And of course, we've heard what you said about David Moyes. Do you find, prior to that statement, did you find it difficult? Or do you just feel like, you know what, it was... It's natural for me. You put me wherever I need to be. Give me the ball and I can do me. How have you found the difference? And which one do you enjoy more? Being a winger or being a striker? I found it a natural transition because when I was playing out wide, I was pinning players anyway. Yeah. So I was pinning players and I was rolling them inside. I was rolling them outside. And now I'm playing in the middle. I've, I've still got to do the same thing, pin the players, but I'm pinning six foot six players. So if the ball goes in the air, it's more of a struggle, but I've got more, I've got a hop on me. Yeah. So I felt like a natural transition. I did prefer playing out on the wing. I've always preferred playing out on the wing before, but now I'm not going to lie, I'm really enjoying like, being a striker. Like out on the wing, position, when you get it, like you're getting it with two, three yards. So you're getting it, you're turning at your player and then, you think about it, three out of four occasions, you're winning something. You're getting a throw in, you're getting a free kick, or you're beating the man. Only one thing could happen where he might nick it one time. Yeah. But half the time, if he's nicking it, sometimes he even comes, if he nicks it, sometimes it comes off your shin and still goes in your path. Yeah. It's yeah, difficult yeah. for a defender. Like, majority of times, you should win the battle. Where I don't know about that, but I'm like, as a, <laughs> be easy on that, cause I don't win the battle with the time. Be easy, be easy, brother. I said a winger. <laughs> oh, sorry. I oh, said winger. a winger. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Oh, okay. I get you. Sorry. As yeah, a yeah, striker, yeah. as a striker, where them coming through the back of you and stuff like that, and referees obviously being a big guy, referees don't really want to give you much. Oh yeah. I don't really want to give you much. So that's where, that's where it's difficult, and that's where it's a struggle. Well, it's working for you at the moment, like this position that you're in at the moment, whatever Dave Moyes did. I love the fact that it was almost like one line, like here, here's all wicked. I need you to do, just yeah. get in line with the ball and then it's it's clicked for you. It's been wicked watching you play and it's been brilliant to see what you're doing at the moment. And I feel like you've got like, you've got a lot of goodwill from people behind you. Like you're really quite popular and people enjoy watching you play and enjoy watching your, what you're doing at the moment. Also, it comes at a time where at the beginning of the season... West Ham fans were frustrated. They were angry. They didn't like what had happened with Dean Garner moving permanently to West Brom. Some frustrations around signings and incomings and everything. But all of a sudden, I feel like West Ham have this ability to do this every time that they're doubted. Is that they just they snatch results and they're good results and and they beat people that people didn't give them a chance to beat. What's the atmosphere like at the moment among the team? The atmosphere is unbelievable. To be fair, like it's like morale is high. Obviously, when things are going well, like you, like you can't fault it. Like there's nothing you can do. Like everyone, it's gonna be high. But even in the times where things are not going well, we've always believed in yourself. We've always morale has never dropped because we know we have the quality to beat anyone. So we never really let it get to us. No matter what, even over COVID, even though when we got back and we lost the first two games in the restart, we still like we're good enough to stay up and do everything we need to do. What's David Moyes like? What's he like? What's he like as a manager? You know, does, does he does he do the banter? 
he's straight like a head teacher it comes across like a head teacher for me when I was outside looking in I ain't gonna lie you know what I'm saying but I don't know him what's, what's he like um, to be fair he's got an open door so you can go in and you can speak to him wherever you like yeah. he does have a bit of banter about him like does he, does he, he walk, yeah? yeah he does have a bit of banter but he does like he, he gives it and he can take yeah? it yeah so like I, I, I gave I it to him I shouldn't judge a book by it's got yeah, my back sorry literally, first thing I said to him when he came in on the Tuesday after the two wins I was like I thought you were working from home the rest of the season. The thing is, it's one of those ones, mate. You know, you kind of like started, like, you got nothing to say. Good, very much. One more. All right, so we've just, it's an international break. Start a lockdown. You've been on flames, like, up there. Do you still have aspirations that, and I know you've been called up a couple of times, do you still have aspirations to play for England? To be honest, I don't really think about it. Okay. Like, I'm one of those people, like, whatever happens on the field affects everything that happens off the field. So if I keep doing what I'm doing, then it'd be more, it'd be more difficult for him to ignore me. But, yeah, yeah. like, I'm going to be honest, I kind of understand his picks. Okay. Like, Danny Ings last year, 22 goals for Southampton, like, unbelievable. Cabot Lewin right now is... Right now, the best striker in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Right now, hands down, best striker in the Premier League. Yeah, Harry Kane, yeah. don't need to say anything else than yeah. Harry Kane. And Tammy Abraham, he's young and he's going to be involved in the international and set up yeah, going forward. So, like, I understand everything he's doing. I understand his philosophy. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to just make sure I keep looking after myself and have a career as long as possible. Because I ain't looking to... I, listen... I still feel young. I still feel everything. So I'm looking to play as long as possible in the Premier League. But when you got called up for England, what did Mumsy say? So I've gone, Mum, I've been called up to England. And she's gone, what? So you're leaving West Ham? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mumsy. I'm like, no, Mum. Like, basically, West Ham's my club and England's international football. So what? So you leave West Ham? No, I play. I could play for both, but you can play for two teams. <laughs> Do they both pay you? <laughs> so, Mikel, obviously, most players feed off the fans, and we don't have to say how different it is because I think everybody can see that. Do you think it's affected the game though at all? I think it affected the games for the first few games after the restart, but then as professional players, you kind of adapt quite quickly and you start getting used to it so now I think we're used to playing without the fans being able to hear each other same man on hear the, ref, hear the referee hear the manager speak to us so I think it's now starting to become the norm so when the fans start coming back that's going to be a bit of a problem you're going to be like oh it's too loud it's going to be too loud like I ain't going to be able to hear my teammates I ain't going to be able to hear the gaffer like literally it's going to be for the first couple of weeks it'll be instinct like <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like the game do you feel players are more relaxed more confident more they take more chances because if it doesn't come off they ain't got the fans that ooh do you, you know what I'm saying do you feel I think, I think that yeah I feel obviously the fans put a lot of pressure the fans give you the lift give you the urge to go and to press and to do everything you need to do but then the fans are there so if you mess up they're on you yeah and they're making sure you don't do it again where obviously now you've got the gaffer doing that and the gaffer's got to try and 
be on you as well. So it's not going to be, it's not completely gone, but yeah. it's not as much as 50,000 people yeah, 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 yeah. doing it. I hear that. Celebrations, next goal celebration? I'm not celebrating to the fans are back. Ah. It's one of those ones where it just doesn't, it just, it'll be weird me dancing in a corner. I feel you, man. I don't if, feel you should celebrate no, periods uh, with your, your celebrations, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, because you can't move, bro. <laughs> 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 do, you know, do you know one I did like? <laughs> I did like, though, when Jamie Vardy went to the Hawthorns, where he liked scoring goals, loved scoring goals. And um, he ran over to, he scored a penalty, ran over to the away end and cupped his ears as if they were there. Yeah. Just to, just to troll them, not nice. even in the stadium and he was trolling them anyway. Nice. I like yeah. to be fair, and I, I don't like because they're Everton. I even like when the Everton boys did like a little jig and that. I, you know, let me and Antonio were the same, we laugh. I, football's about entertaining. When you uh, score, you just be like, listen, mm. it's cool to have a little something, something. But I do understand like there being no fans there, you, you don't want to celebrate in that. But I really, when I scored, I really wanted to go in the stands. Yeah. And clap, like <laughs> that, that's, that's, that. that's the one. No What'd red you zone, mate. You know that. Oh the red zone. my god! Like days. literally, I had that planned from day before that's we even started. That's not a bad celebration. I wanted well. to go in the stands and clap, but then the media team's like, "Nah, that's amber zone. You're not allowed in yeah, the, oh, and can't, the red can't zone." You, can't you just go slightly outside the? Actual, I think you can do it. I think of all people to get away with it, you can. Not in the stands. You could go just over the lines. Card, you could mate. sit down and clap. Nah, it would be yellow. No, it's a straight red if you go out of red zone. Swear down. Straight red. Even if you do it with a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you got your expectation in your pocket. And you take your own temperature. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> can't, you sit, can't you sit on the sponsorship boards and do it? Just like that. that could be a shout, actually. Do it, do it for us. I do it yeah. for us. There you go. If you, you know, do mask, it. You, your score this weekend, do it for us. No problem. Sit on the sponsorship right. boards, clap like that. I'll, I'll speak to media team, see how far out How far out you yeah, can get. Yeah, just go we don't want to get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. so, it'll be so good. It'll be so good. <laughs> now you've got a score. No problem. He'll score, man. Deal. Come on now. Brilliant. You do have a lot of characters in that dressing room as well, some big characters. And when we talk about those kind of players, like who are the ones that stand out? Like, you know, we always kind of want to know the ones that you, would be first on the list if you're having a party or if you want to go out with somebody. Who would they be? Me. Just you alone. Forget, forget about everyone else. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, first on the list for a party, I would put down Deccan Rice. Yes. Oh, I yeah, love Deccan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get Deccan that. Deccan Rice. I'll like, get that. Proper vibes guy, to be fair. Good dancer as well. Yeah, you yeah, got shapes, yeah? He's got shapes, mate. Declan, you got shapes, yeah? yeah? So I'll put Declan Rice. Is that the only one? You can, have, you can have a bigger party if you want. Big party, Ryan Fredericks. Yeah. Angelo Obana, my boy. Yeah? Yeah. Character. Right, cool. Now you find that out, who is the best dancer in the change room? Best dancer. Look at his face, it's him. Uh, <laughs> I see a couple of your celebrations, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, could you do it? Uh, no. It's, it's coordination, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it's coordination, bro. You can take that one. Exactly. Uh, I've got a question. Uh, your teammates, who's the car man? Who always changes his car? Who always comes with different cars? Yeah, it looks like it's again, isn't it? Bro, no, no, no. It's not me. All right, cool. Yeah. It's not, it's not me unless it's forced upon. Oh, we'll not talk that. about we'll, that. We'll keep, yeah, we'll keep. We'll, we'll move that swiftly. Car man. Oh, it's a good question. You know, well, who's got the loudest? You know, like when you hear like one of those engines where you're like, ah, oh, that's it's between. It's between. It was like, him? Aaron Cresswell's got one of the loud cars. Yeah, it was me. It was him. He <laughs> had a loud car. I don't like, yeah. I, like I don't know yet. Yeah, he had a loud car. Me. 
I got a loud car now, to be fair. Yeah, what is yeah. it? I got a G63. I thought you were going to say G6. I was like, pardon? You got that as well, man. <laughs> yeah. And what did you have prior to your, your G6? Just let the, I uh, mean, the, the G-Wagon. What did you have prior to that? Just let the world know. I am not saying it because I'm trying to get deleted from the internet. Oh, is that uh, what it is, yeah? <laughs> oh, it's cool, cool. So what's some noise you say? I'm trying to get deleted from the internet. Lambo. All right, cool. Let's <laughs> so who is, the, who is the most toughest defender you've played against? Berger Van Dyke. Yeah. Tell me why. Hands down. He's got everything he possibly can need. Like, he's strong, he's fast, good in the ball. Everything. Yeah. Can I ask Even a question? Even a good-looking guy. Like, he's got everything. All right. All right, he's got VVD, you've got everything. You won't be able to see this if you're listening on the podcast, but he's doing this face as if to say, it's not fair. Some yeah. people just have it all, don't they? Yeah. 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 Okay, so in that case, you know the, the criticism that he came out, and when I say criticism, it feels like it's probably just the world of social media, but after the 7-2 defeat, a couple of games before that, we saw a couple of mistakes, and it was almost kind of, it was like open season for everybody to suddenly jump on him, as if like, oh, we've seen a crack, he, he's not the best in the world, like, how would you kind of defend him, if you feel like you need to, to people that are saying, oh no, look, he's, he's a one and a half season wonder? I'm going to defend all the top guys, because right now, People are going at them and caning them. But if you think about it, two weeks ago, these guys were still on holiday. They were still on holiday while we were back training. Mm. So while we've got a head start on them. So this is their basic, This is basically their pre-season. They're going to get back and they're going to be back where, where they are. So where we were resting, they were doing Champions League. And while we were training, they were on their holidays, which they have to have. And now they're back in probably didn't have the time that they needed to do the work that they need to do so this is beginning of the season this is their pre-season and then once the season starts for them probably I'll still give them another week or two weeks before they can be back to themselves and then things will be start rolling and no one can say nothing about Virgil or any other player because that's when things are actually going to kick off for them see uh, to be fair Michael Richards said it he said it's like when you're on the come up all they do is hell you and as soon as you get to the top, they can't wait to Cannot bring you down. Wait. Just can't wait to bring. And that, for me, it's like this part of the society. So you know, that rolls on to a question I wanted to ask: How do you deal with negativity? How do you deal with hate? How do you deal with abuse? How do you deal with it? Listen, I know your energy. I know your laugh. Your smile. You're comfortable. You're relaxed. But how do you deal with it? Like it's easy to say, yeah, but some people struggle to do it. Only negativity that comes your way is on social media. Yeah, yeah. So, I say it, but it's not easy to do. Do not go on it. Like, you're putting yourself towards it. Skip over it. Do not go on it. But, to be fair, it's one of those ones where some people struggle to not see because they just feel like they need to see what people are saying. Need validation. Yeah, Yeah. I get that. But... I know when I've got a bad game, I know I've had a bad game. Yeah. I'm my biggest critic. I'm telling myself. So I don't need to see it as well. So I was literally, if I, even if I go on social media, I'll just press it, go straight to the top and I won't look at it for yeah, yeah. at least three, four days. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get yeah. that. Listen, I, listen, I, I, I get that. When I was younger, I wasn't too fussed either way. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. You've got your opinion. But then, really, is your is your opinion really going to affect me? No. But that's what that's the way that you come across. Like it feels to me like 
throughout your career, you've almost not used the sort of negativity as a as like a springboard for you, but you've always done it your way by the sounds of things. So it's like you have this attitude about you that you don't allow all that in. Every single manager that has come in to West Ham has dropped me, no matter how well I've done the years before. Every single manager's come in. So every Why time someone's every time someone's coming, it's the way I play. Okay. I'm not the prettiest player. It's not a problem. I'm a pretty person though. <laughs> <laughs> as he says <laughs> Wait, see, just sorry just sorry that's what I love about you like that is what I do love about you and he's pretty yeah no no not that. <laughs> I actually disagree with that one, but, but that's what I love and, and LW said it see your energy is very much look mm. I'm good not but you're you're confident and comfortable yeah. in who you are and I think it is the most powerful thing that we can own as individuals I say it and it's funny because I think you've come into this realm. I think when you're young, you try to impress. Yeah. And when you're older, you try and do your best, whatever yeah. it is. And you, so you look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. So if you don't you look, don't you try and do your best, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did my best. If I yeah. fall short, I did my best. Yeah. Whereas young, you focus on, I've got to impress. Yeah. I've got to say, and I feel that's what you embody that when you talk. And it's a beautiful thing, man. Continue to be you, my brother. Yeah. So like, it's just it's one of those things where I am not the prettiest player. So, these guys are coming in and they're like, I want to play this tic-tac football, I want to play this certain way and stuff like that. But then, at the end of the day, they start realising when things are not going well, they need a fighter, they need someone who can be battling, someone who can go out there and do the dirty work, basically. And I'm basically, I'm the dirty worker. I know the derby's coming up and you scored the first goal against Spurs at the new stadium. Yeah. Uh, breaking records, I like that. What is your favourite goal? What's What's been your favourite goal that just always comes to mind? People are, are going to say it's weird because if you see the goal, you're going to be like, how can this be your favourite goal? My very first Premier League goal. And who is it against? Against Southampton. Do you, any of you remember no. it? No. I ain't going to lie. So, so basically, I'm paying left wing. I... Cut into the box. I get tripped up by Jose Fonte, but the ball's in front of me. I'm in front of goals. So like basically gonna be like a one v one. So yeah. I'm trying to stay up. Yeah. Get my very first goal in a prem. Try to stay up. Couldn't stay up. So I've fallen. Yeah. On the ground. Victor Wanyama has kicked the ball on me. Yeah. And the ball's going up and loop lobbed the keeper. <laughs> I know what you're saying. They all count. Literally. I have fallen over and somehow it's kicked it on me. I've lobbed the keeper and it's got my very first Premier And how did you celebrate? Mate, I was buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) I was buzzing, mate, running around. Yeah, yeah. But then, obviously, that started everything off for me, isn't it? So, I'm saying, hands down, my best Your first Premier League goal. Aye, decent. Okay, so a couple of questions I want to ask that you might not want to talk about. How are you finding the new offside rule? Yeah, yeah, say less. Should we move on? Can I... <laughs> say less. I'd can say I, less. like... Can we just... Can VAR just be binned? Ah, oh, Don't get me started with that. Can it be binned? Do you know any players that like it? I know players that liked it before it came out, but since it's come in, I don't think anyone... Like, so do you think no defenders it. like it more than attackers? I don't think anyone likes it. You don't it. think anyone likes because it? Because... When it affects the team, it affects the team. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's no longer a natural game. Like that, yeah. 
Yeah. Like you can't celebrate and stuff. Like the best games so far that I've watched were the Carabao Cup because it wasn't involved. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because even managers, I remember interviewing Steve Bruce after they played Spurs and they got that last minute penalty. Callum Wilson scored it and it wasn't, it, it was just one of those moments that even Steve Bruce, who'd benefited from it, he was like, we don't want it. We don't want football to be won like that or we don't want to win points like that. It, that's a man that knows that one of these days it's going to come back and bite yeah, him in the bum yeah. because it works like that. It swings yeah. and roundabouts, isn't it, in football? I don't, I, I'm finding... Everybody that I come across now, I don't, I don't really know anyone that is supportive of it anymore. But then every now and then you'll have those moments in games that actually, like, they were offside or they were this or they were that, and they are ironing those kind of things out. So, is there a part of you that thinks that it might just get better the longer no. we leave it? No? no, like, remember there was an interview that everyone spoke about about me after the Man United game, where we've scored a goal but they've given it as offside, but it was onside. Mm. But it was a foot. So it was so close that it would be difficult for the linesman to say he's on or he's off. Okay. I came out in the interview after, after doing post-match and I said, referees are human. Referees are human. They're going to make mistakes. But that's the whole point of the Premier League. That's the whole point. That's what makes the Premier League exciting for these things happening it, it gives it swings around but things happen like you said so it makes the whole game exciting because it's unpredictable now you're trying to turn football predictable it can never be predictable because it's always going to be it should never be predictable it should never be predictable, never be predictable. and yeah. it's always going to be a matter of opinion so even if you've got all this technology coming out and doing this it's still down to the referee's opinion or the person's opinion doing the VAR yeah and it's still it could be still, it's still subjective. Yeah. 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 So it's still not going to be 100% because no one's opinion is 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you. I find that when I'm looking at these decisions where it's like handball at the moment and you just think if, if something's going to change, it's got to be that. And it's not even VAR, it's just the laws of the yeah. game. I've seen some of these handballs. It's stuff. become. I, I think handball lie. is possibly. I don't understand how handball could be so. Difficult I agree. To judge. I, I, honestly, the ball to hand, handball, it was simple. It was, you look at it, you know, if it was on all of a sudden, now it's got to be if it's it, unnatural position. You're like, what? Oh. It's either accidental or Jeez, not. It's... Accidental or not accidental. If you feel it's accidental on the day, then it is. Yeah. If you don't feel it's accidental on the day, then it's a pen or yeah, then it's a yeah, free kick. Yeah. That was the easy days because so many times it hits someone's hands and the, ref, the referee just says, accidental. Yeah, yeah. And then majority of the time, players went, how do you think it's like... But then they carried on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's a whole argument and everything's slowing down because of the VAR. It's become forensic, hasn't it? Yeah. Forensic. Yeah. And Very somebody somebody said, thanks. Somebody said something to me the other day that I thought about um, that you might be able to relate to more because you've grown up as that kind of footballer it's becoming a game that people can't play on the streets anymore, can't play in the backyards anymore because it's like, well, actually, the game of football, you need technology, you need VAR. Yeah. That's that's what the game is now, isn't it? But that's not what the game is. That's not what the game is. It's a game that you can literally put down two cones or put down your bag 
Your put on the Jaguar. Go out there, days. play in the road. When a car comes, you get out of the road. <laughs> don't play in the road, kids. So I was about to say that. I'm not going to lie. Do not play in the road, kids. So I like you didn't do it when you were younger. Yeah, but I know. Do not but play in the I'm road, kids. I'm a father kids. now. You know, I've got to be responsible. Yeah. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> do not play in the road, kids. But it's like, literally, you can play anywhere. And now, kids can't do that because, obviously, they can't afford the technology things. And to yeah. be fair, it's rubbish. Mm. You don't want it. Last question. What's your ultimate target this season? You're in West Ham. Ultimate target? I'm gonna say, generic answer be as high as possible. I say less, man. Yeah, high as friends, possible. Yeah. yeah, you know what? It's one of the things. Don't put the pressure on myself. Nah, I say that. You know, say that, just want to go out there, keep performing, reforming, and whatever happens in the season. But I feel it's gonna be a good season. Brilliant, um, Mikhail. That was like honestly, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was so much Thank fun. Thank you so bro. much for fun. coming in. Thanks for having me. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. To be fair, yeah. come on, brother. To be fair, whenever me and yeah, Bio get yeah. together. It's a bit chaotic. Is it always yeah. like this? What? To be fair, we we dialed it down today. <laughs> we actually dialed it to down fair, today. If we carry, if we be how we normally are, yeah. there wouldn't have been an interview. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is this best behavior? This should be been been very, very good. Like it is real epic when we buck up. It's my right. guy, man. I'm proud. Well, look, we've loved having you on, and do us a favor if you can. This is this is extra to your celebration. We both love Declan Rice. If you could put in a good word for us for Declan. Get Declan in here. We'll love you even more forever. All right, Declan. No problem. I'll okay. speak to him. All right, say less. Blessings. Okay, it's time now for our Super 6 score predictions for round six. Download the Super 6 app, create an account and play for free by predicting the scores of six chosen matches to be in with a chance to win £1 million this week. A reminder, it's free and it is your last week to win a million pounds. So do get involved. We also have our Super 6 league and you need the code to join. It's Super 6 and there is a £1,000 prize for the winner of that league. I remember that you can invite your friends to join Super 6 and if any of your invited friends go on to win the jackpot, then you will win £25,000. So the fixtures for round six are Bournemouth v QPR. Bournemouth, of course, newly relegated. I'm going to go in here at 2-1 because I haven't been doing too badly by Abdi. I'm going to go 3-1. They're scoring goals and they look strong. So I'm going to go 3-1 Bournemouth. Okay, the next one is Rotherham v Norwich. I've actually gone for a 2-0 Norwich win here. I've gone for a Norwich win, but I think Rotherham will score from a set piece. So I'm going to say 2-1 Norwich. Next one is Blackburn v Nottingham Forest. We've already mentioned this about what we think of Chris Hutton. Yeah. Uh, one of the nicest men in football. 100% man. Brilliant manager yeah. as well. So I'm going for a 2-1 win there. I'm agreeing with you. Um, even though I've got every Blackburn fixtures completely wrong, but I'm going to go 2-1 Forest as well. Okay. Brentford v Coventry, Saeed Ben Rama, linked to the move to West Ham. 2-0, Brentford, I'm going. I'm going to go. I think Coventry will score away from home, but I do think it'll be a home win, so I'm going to say 2-1, Brentford. Okay. Birmingham v Sheffield Wednesday. I'm thinking 1-0, Birmingham, this one. Uh, listen, I, I I just want Birmingham to win. I'm not going to lie. As much as I, and we need to keep Sheffield Wednesday down there and not to accumulate any points. So I'm going to hope for a 2-0 Birmingham win. It's a tactical vote. Yeah, it's a tactical. It? If I put the energy out in the sky and the atmosphere will come back to me. Okay. Now the Premier League fixture we're picking here is Chelsea v Southampton. Um, here are some of the predictions that are already in for this one. 94% of people are predicting a Chelsea win. 
4% have gone with a draw and 2% have predicted a Southampton win. I'm with the people in this one. I've gone for a 3-1 Chelsea win actually here. Yeah, see, I think Chelsea's going to win and I actually started off at 4-1 but then I remembered like Ings, like he's on flames and that so I'm going to go 4-2 Chelsea. High scoring game. That's the thing with Chelsea, isn't it? They score a lot of goals but they look a lot But they concede a lot so I'm going to say I'm going to go for that one right out there. 4-2 Chelsea. Okay, that is it for another week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Mikel Antonio for joining us. I just thought he was amazing. Ah, oh, top guy, man. Love his energy. He's so good, isn't he? Make sure you join us next week as well because we have another banging guest. We are going to be joined by former player, Sky Pundit and fashionista extraordinaire. He will love that we've called him. That I know. Way. I'm going to jump on him though because I know he's touchy-touchy about his arms and that. Watch when he comes in. I can't yeah. wait to see him as well. It is, of course, Clinton Morrison going to be on this very podcast. So we're so looking forward to that one. And a reminder, if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask him or us, you can get involved on Twitter at Super6 or use the hashtag Super6Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Press the button. Do the whole nine to make sure you stay up to date with the Super6. See you next time. Thank you for listening from myself and LW. Bye-bye. See ya. Peace.